Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Church family, good morning and happy 4th of July weekend. And I want to remind you that in Jesus Christ, we are free. Amen. So this morning, we give him all of the praise and all of the glory. God, we love you. We thank you for our freedom. We thank you that you made the ultimate sacrifice. And this morning, we choose to give you everything that we have to honor you on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church.
that miracle. Come on, with that hand raised, just raise the other one and let's just worship right now. Jesus, we know you are going to come through. We know you are good for that breakthrough. And we praise and worship you through it, Jesus. We praise and worship you through every single storm. We thank you. We thank you. Yeah.
understand that in a stronghold, that is that lie that the devil loves to hide behind. That lie that he likes to put in your mind and it stays there so long that you begin to believe it. You begin to accept it. The scripture also says that we can tear down strongholds in the name of Jesus, that they don't have to be there, and it's super easy to do. That's just, right? You just identify the lie and just say, in Jesus' name, break down the stronghold where I believe this, and it will go away. And many times we just don't know it's there. It's become a part of our life. So let's do this this morning. Let's just do a little warfare on our own behalf. Because the Lord came that we would have life and have it to an abundance. And a lot of times we don't get there because there's something in our head that's keeping us from there. So, so Lord, we just come before you and we just want to ask if there's a stronghold in our life, if there's a lie that we've been believing, that you would show us, Holy Spirit, right now. Show us what that is. Is it a lie about how we see ourselves? Is it a lie about someone else? Is it a lie on how we are looking at our situation right now? Is it a lie that where we don't believe that the promises that you give us and your word are for us? lie that's telling us that we're never going to be good enough to have your grace or your love in our life. Lord, whatever it is, I pray in Jesus' name that you would expose it. And now in Jesus' name, we ask that you would demolish that stronghold. Destroy it. Get it out of our mind. Absolutely obliterate the thought and now replace it with the truth. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to see the situation you want us, the way you want us to see it. But do a work in us, do a miracle in us and cleanse our minds and help us to just think the right way. Help us to think the right way in every situation. I love you, Lord. Thanks for doing warfare on our behalf. Thank you for tearing down strongholds on, on our behalf. And Lord, continue just to expose our mind to the truth. Remove any veils of deception that we might have in Jesus' name. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's give him a praise offering for doing that for us this morning. Thank you, Lord. And as you guys make your way back to your seats, if you'll just show yourself friendly. And thank you so much for being a part of Fellowship Church. If you're watching with us online, we understand you might be watching from a campsite or uh, maybe you're on vacation somewhere. Uh, maybe you're just on the road. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Fellowship Church and uh, making our services a part of your vacation weekend or your holiday weekend. Now, if you are watching online and you are a guest, first time listener, or you're here in the auditorium and this is your first time here, I'd love to have a record of you being here and also get you some more information about Fellowship Church. Super simple to register and also get that information. You just take your smartphone out, you text the word fellowship to 94,000 and you will be given a link over to more information about the church. Also, you'll be getting an invitation about an upcoming guest reception we'd love to have you be a part of. But thank you so much for being a part of Fellowship Church. Uh, you are a blessing, and whether you are here or you are online. Now, we're going to continue to worship with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back. Uh, the Lord has been so good to us, and so uh, we just want to stay faithful in giving back to Him. So as you get ready to do that, let me just pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for every blessing you've put in our life. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for showing us when we're faithful to you, you're faithful to us financially. 
you're so good to us. You always take care of us, and, and we thank you for that. And Lord, right now, there's things on our heart financially. There's stresses that we might have. And Lord, we just want to give those over to you. We just want to ask that you would fix them, take care of them. Lord, maybe we got a bill this week that was unexpected. Maybe uh, rent went up. Maybe our payment went up on something. Whatever it is, Lord, that you would just come through for us financially like only you can. And we'll stay faithful in giving to you as you do that. So we love you and praise you in all of these things. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you as you give. There are some awesome things uh, coming up here at Fellowship Church, and here's a few of those highlighted. Next week is a big week for us here. We have three different things going on. The first one is a brand new series called Jesus Encounters. We're gonna take four weeks and look at how Jesus encountered people here while he walked on earth. As followers of him, it's gonna be a great way to see how we can interact with each other as well. It's something that you do not wanna miss. Something else that's going on next week is our guest reception. So if you consider yourself a guest or a visitor, please come to this free breakfast in between services. You can sign up on the Church Center app, stop by the Info Center, you can sign up there as well. It's a great way to take a tour, meet some staff, ask any questions you like, as well as see about all the different opportunities and ministries that we have here. Also next week at six o'clock, we have our church-wide worship night. It's a great way to just lift him up and experience worship in a setting that is glorifying and honoring to God. It's something that we as a church family really value and love, so please show up. It's free, you can just come, you don't need to sign up or anything like that. We'd love to see you there. Don't forget about the Super Kids Conference. It's coming up on July 22nd through the 24th. For only $75, your elementary age student can experience God in worship, in services, in fun and activities that's built right for that age group. It's an in-house event right here in the 4640 Student Center. So sign up your kid today. Spots are filling up fast. So you can see the event on the Church Center app. Stop by the Information Center if you have any questions. Coming up on October 6th through the 8th, for the first time in over a decade, we are hosting an out-of-town marriage retreat. Pastor Tim and Rebecca have written an entirely new curriculum from anything they've done before. We wanna take everybody up to the Doubletree Hotel in Breckenridge, Colorado, right at the base of the mountain, and host this marriage retreat. It's gonna be a great way to encounter God within the marriage relationship and get closer to your spouse than ever before. The cost of this event is $425. That gets you two nights stay at the Doubletree, as well as all the course and the curriculum and the materials. It's gonna be a great way to be able to see how God is working in the marriage relationship. So if this is something that interests you, you can sign up on the Church Center app. There's a $150 deposit that will hold your spot. We do have a limited amount of space, so sign up today. As always, if you feel like you missed something or you wanna catch up on our announcements throughout the week, you can go to fellowshipgj.com events. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. Enjoy the rest of today's service. So when I first had my kids, I, I was really excited the opportunity. I understood the, I, I understood the assignment. I was supposed to raise these kids. I had all sorts of jobs to do. You know, it was, it's like I got to teach them. I got to teach them stuff. I got to guide them. I got to keep them alive. Uh, I have to nurture them. I have to lead them. I have to equip them so they're not terrible human beings. I, I understood all of these things. 
And so I was really excited. I was going to get to teach him stuff. I was going to get teach him how to shoot a basketball or, or, or you know, or, or like eat using utensils or using their manners, saying please and thank you. I, I, I could do all of these things. I was going to get to teach them all of these things. And then something went terribly wrong, okay? Uh, the thing that I feel like as a parent that I have failed completely at and, and, and it's just awful is get, I've tried to teach my kids how to get dressed. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. I didn't think it was going to be this hard to figure out how to teach my kids how to get dressed on their own, but I'm, it's not working. I'm, I'm not doing a good job. Why are kids so bad at getting ready in the morning? I, why? What is the problem here? Do Julie and I say the exact same things and instructions every morning? Yes. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. They still do the same, they're still surprised at the fact that they have to get ready. I thought I would teach them the simple things and they would start to grasp it. Like, don't wear shorts when it's snowing outside. Or um, don't wear a hoodie when it's going to be 95 degrees outside. My kids want to wear the opposite things in opposite seasons. They, they, I have to say like, hey, cowboy boots, not a great choice for ballet class. Okay, let's go ahead and wear a different thing. I look at my son and I'm like, son, where did you even find that shirt? And why is it on inside out and backwards? I don't understand. I don't understand. One child wants to wear, would wear the same thing every day if I would let him. He would just like stay there and he would, he would, or whatever's in reach. Like what is the most convenient thing for him to put on and be able to just get out? The other one, all right, she assumes that at any point in time, she's going to get swept away to a ball and that, that she is going to miss her, meet her Prince Charming and there's going to be a giant gala and she must be ready for that in the most flow. I'm going to let you guess which kid is which in this situation. You can probably figure that out on your own. On a daily basis, I have to explain the steps to get ready in the morning. Do you know the definition of insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting results. I'm going insane then, okay, in that case, because I am doing that. The same thing every morning, get dressed, do these things. And I'm, I'm going insane because I'm starting to say insane things. I start saying the same things like, I'm leaving in five minutes. If you are not in the car in five minutes, I'm leaving you. Why would I say that to a six-year-old little girl? I'm not going to leave her home alone. That's bad parenting. Would she enjoy it and have the time of her life? Yes. Would she be able to watch unlimited screen time and enjoy, my, enjoy the house by herself and destroy it completely? Yes. Would it be more of a punishment for me to leave her? Yes. I don't understand why I say those things, but it's, it's going crazy on a daily basis. The same questions every single morning. Where are your socks? Where are your shoes? And they look at me like they have never heard of those items in their entire life. What are socks, Dad? What are these things you're saying? Sh shoe shoes? Am I saying that correctly, Dad? I'm not sure. Mm, why are they surprised by those questions? You, there, you know that song by Aretha Franklin, I Say a Little Prayer for You? It was, it was made popular by my best, my best friend's wedding. There's that cute little rehearsal dinner scene where they sing it. If you have parents of little kids, it's also uh, in the movie Sing 2, where the elephants are singing it at the end, depending on generations, okay? I'm just trying to cover the whole basis. Aretha Franklin song. It goes like this. The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I... Beautiful. While combing my hair now, and wondering what dress to wear now, I... Yes, excellent. I can tell you one thing about this person. They don't have kids. Mm -mm. <laughs> no no par parent has time to do these things. 
wondering what dress. You better be dressed immediately or because you have a thousand things to do in that morning. They don't have it. And you know, I, I'm, my thought is the, the, who they're saying a little prayer for is me. Okay, they're saying a little prayer for me and every other parent trying to get their kids ready in the morning. I appreciate those prayers. If that's you who don't have kids and you can say that little prayer in the morning, keep going. But also pray bigger. Okay, pray more for us. I need bigger prayers from you. I need prayers like that the children won't need five wardrobe changes before they walk out the door. I need, I need a bigger prayer like my children will begin to grasp the concept of seasons. I need, I need a bigger prayer that like my, my kids will be able to find their shoes and preferably, but it doesn't have to be, matching shoes. Okay, that would be my biggest prayer in this situation. Our children, they struggle to get ready. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so left-handed for them, but I ran across this Bible verse, and, and it was an interesting concept that I want to talk about today. And I have this getting dressed idea, like in the physical, as an adult, I feel like I can get dressed. But this, this verse is talking a little bit more about getting spiritually dressed. And I'm not sure if I have that down as much as the physical getting dressed. And so this, this verse is in Colossians, and Paul says it like this, Colossians 3, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Now, this morning, I got shoes on, I got sock, socks, yes, socks on, I got a t-shirt on, successful, okay? A win for me right there. I don't know, though, if I walked out the door wearing humility, I don't know if I walked out the door wearing love. I'm not sure I, I, I go out every day with, with this idea of patience, wearing patience every day. I'm sure there are plenty of days where I forgot, forgot to put on my kindness pants uh, when I walked out the door, just based on how I treated people that day. We here at Fellowship Church, we, have, we really kind of push and say it's a big deal that you pray on your armor every day. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, sword of spirit, belt of truth, shoes of peace. Even in our green, uh, in second through fifth grade, we have a whole teaching, a song with motions. We want these kids to know it's important that you armor up every day. And it's important because in Ephesians 6, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's important that we put on our armor to fight against the enemy. And we like the idea of a fight. We like it. That's why UFC is so popular. That's why boxing is still popular. WWE, fake fighting, it's still the most popular thing out there. I don't understand it, but we, we love it. But sometimes in our walk, we forget. We forget that our life isn't always about the fight. When a religious leader came to Jesus and said, Jesus, tell me what the most important commandment is, Jesus answered. He didn't say, you know what, the most important commandment Punch that devil, kick that Satan. That's what I want you to do. Jesus didn't say that. What did he say? Love. Look at it in Matthew 22. He says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is saying, here's what's the most important if you want to follow me. Love God, love people. But... How we live our life out, how, how we sort of put these things in order as far as importance. It'd probably be more like, love God. Yes, love God. I do. And then it would go, I'm going to fight that devil. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to do it. And then underneath that is, 
and I guess I will put up with people if I have to, okay? I will put up with them. I don't like it, but I will. Because it's easy to love God. He's God. He's perfect. He provides. He blesses us. He does all of these things. It's easy to love God. And it's easy to hate and fight our enemy because his whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. I, I hate that guy. It's not hard to do that. But it ain't always easy to love people. And when we say love people, I'm not saying, oh, it's put up with people. I'm not saying tolerate people. I'm not just saying don't be mean to people. Jesus is saying love people. That's a little bit harder. And I believe this is why Paul said, hey, in this verse, get dressed. You need to get dressed. Put on first these things, this kindness, this patience, this humility, this tenderhearted mercy. Then put on the armor. Something I, I was thinking about with armor is it's all, you know, I picture when I think of the armor, I picture like a knight's outfit, I guess. And if you didn't have in, anything on underneath that armor, that would be very uncomfortable, okay? I don't even like a scratchy t-shirt, let alone just plain old steel, right? You have to have a base layer on. That's what this is. This needs to go on first under the armor because our priorities need to be love God. Then secondly, and equally just as important, love people, then we fight our enemy. So what does this look like? What does it look like to get dressed in this spiritual clothes that we're reading about in Colossians? Well, I think Jesus gave us the perfect example of what this could look like in a parable that he told about the, the prodigal son. Now, just to recap the prodigal son, you've probably heard it before, but a father had two sons. One son, the youngest son, starts looking around, notices his dad's doing, doing pretty well. Let's see, my dad's starting going through his dad's portfolio, starts saying, oh, he invested in Bitcoin in 2012. Wow. Amazon stock pre-pandemic? Are you kidding me? Right? He's going through it, and all of a sudden, he gets this idea in his head, well, my dad's loaded already, and I don't, I don't want to wait. So he goes to his dad and says, hey, dad, uh, that inheritance that I'm owed, why don't you just go ahead and give that to me now? Because I think I would like to use it to spend on, on, on things that I want, which is the equivalent of, dad, give me the money that you're going to give me when you kick the bucket. It's a very rude thing to say to your father in, in this situation. And so some, for some reason, the father goes with it, gives him his inheritance, and the son goes off, blows the money immediately spends it all on the worst things that the world has to offer, and very quickly, he's broke and he's hungry. The only work he can find is, is literally feeding pigs their slop, and that's where he basically lives, and he's feeding it, and he's pouring out this slop, and he's looking at the, the slop that the pigs are eating, and he's going, man, that looks good. That looks about like a number one with a lemonade at Chick-fil-A. He's, he's got this going on in his head, and all of a sudden it clicks in his brain. What, why am I here? Even the servants that my dad has have a place to sleep, food to eat. I need to go back there and say, hey, help me. Let me, let me. let me be a servant. So he goes back to his dad wanting to do that, begging for forgiveness and asking for a job as a servant. On his way back, though, his father sees him from a long ways off, runs to him, embraces him, clothes him, throws him a party, a huge celebration that his youngest son has returned. And when we look at the father's response to this son, we can see what it's like to get dressed. Let's go back into that, that Colossians verse just to recap again. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And let's look at how the Father wore these five things. So tenderhearted mercy. There is a difference between mercy and tenderhearted mercy. Because you can let somebody off the hook, 
but still be cruel and rude to them. It would have been merciful for the father to let his son be a servant. He could have just said, get out of here. I don't wanna see your face anymore. He could have just said, he could have said, sure, you can be a servant because you're sure as heck not my son anymore after what you pulled. He could, have said, he could have said that, but he showed tenderhearted mercy. He let it go. And I thank God that our heavenly father has shown us tenderhearted mercy. It was mercy that he got us out of hell, that he paid the debt for us to not spend eternity in hell, but it's tenderhearted mercy where he continues to love us throughout our lives, blessing us, providing for us, comforting us, and then also giving us an eternity in heaven. That is tenderhearted mercy. For us, tenderhearted mercy, maybe at work, it looks like a, a coworker who's having a hard time, and you're, you're noticing that their work performance is really taking a dive, and, and it's a little bit frustrating because you're, you're having to pick up the slack for them and all, and, and mercy would be, I won't talk to the supervisors about it. But tenderhearted mercy would be, I'm not gonna talk to supervisors about it, and I'm gonna ask them how they're doing. I'm gonna say, hey, what's, what's going on in your life? Can, can I pray for you? That, that's the difference there. Another thing that the father showed was kindness. He showed mercy and then he showed kindness. The father clothed his son and set up a party for him right there. And the place that I've seen the most kindness, right here in this place. Man, Fellowship Church is full of some of the kindest people. Throughout my life, as I've, as I've grown up here, and, and my, me and Julie have gotten married, and, and we had kids, and, and the kindness that the people of Fellowship Church have shown us, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I love this place. It's also just a little bit of a bubble. It's easy to be kind here, because people are kind back. But sometimes, we have to leave, and we have to go out there. And out there, they're not as nice. They're not kind all the time. And God still chooses, asks us, hey, you need to be kind. It's a lot harder to be kinder out there. It's a lot harder to be kinder to a grumpy waitress after you've waited 30 minutes for your food. It's a lot harder to be kind to that guy who clearly saw the merge into the lane a half mile back but chose to drive all the way up to the front to try and get ahead of everybody. I don't wanna be kind to that person. It's harder to be kind because we expect kindness to be reciprocated. I'm kind, so you be kind. Or since you're kind, I'm kind. And it always seems like it's kindness is an exchange and not just something that we do regardless of the people that we interact with. Another thing that the father showed was humility. The pride, the, the pride check that what his son did to him is a big deal. It was insulting for his son to come up to him and say, give me the money. It was insulting to know that his son went and lived out his life like that. It, it, it was a, a thing, and he had every opportunity, the father did, to let his pride get in the way of how he interacted with his son when he came back. And for us, it can be hard. When we're insulted or disrespected or dishonored, our pride wants to swell, but that's the opposite of humility. Pride says, I'm important. Why aren't they treating me like that? But humility says, the other person is important, and I need to treat them well. Listen to Philippians 2.3. It says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Another thing that the, the father showed was gentleness. Once again, he could have shoved this all in his son's face. Chose, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson. Maybe let the son have it with a stern lecture. He could have blown up. Right, right when his son said, hey, give me the money, he could have, he could have went off the, off the rails and just yelled at his son in that moment. How dare you ask for that money? But the father chose gentleness. 
But it's hard to be gentle when you're angry. When I'm, when I'm walking through the, the house in the dark and I stub my toe on something, the immediate response is anger, and I don't want to be gentle to the thing that stubbed my toe, okay? I know it's an inanimate object, but I still don't want to be nice to it, okay? Now, the same thing goes when you're working in the shop and you, and you, you crack your hand on something and, and you have the thing in your hand and you just want to throw it because you're angry and you don't want to be gentle. The initial response to something like this often is anger. But just because it's the first response doesn't mean it's the right response. And Jesus is saying, I need you to be more. I know you can get angry, but, but let that subside and choose to be gentle. Now, the last thing he showed, patience. Every step of the way, son comes up, hey, give me the money. Okay, I'm gonna go off, okay. I'm gonna come back, please forgive me, okay. He showed patience through every step of the way. When I was growing up, I felt like I heard the statement, patience is of virtue. I heard that all the time, and I, and, and I think that was true. But also, I think patience is not so much a virtue anymore because the, word has, the world has gone virtue wool. all right? The more technology has come into our life, the less patience required and the less patience that I have. It's incredible the difference between 30, 40 years ago and now how much patience is needed to operate in your life. I'm, I'm so impressed with how people live their life back in the day. So much respect for all of you. Nowadays, you can just turn on Netflix and watch a TV show. And if you want to watch another one, just go ahead. Back in the day, if you wanted to watch a show, you had to schedule your whole week around that show, okay? You had to say, no, I can't do this because the show starts here, so we have to have dinner cooked and dishes cleaned by this time, okay? You had to schedule your whole life around it. You had to have a master's degree in understanding time zones because the show would be like, this is gonna be on at six, seven central, nine Pacific. And I'm like, I'm in mountain time. I don't know when that's supposed to be. <laughs> then you click it on thinking it's gonna, you know, and you're still five minutes late to watch the show. And right as they're gonna get interesting, boom, commercial. And then you have four commercials during the show and they always stop in the most inconvenient time for you. That was life. Back in the, you know, now we have texting and email. Back then you just had, Mail. You didn't have those things. Could you imagine if we mailed people things like we texted people? You're like writing a letter and you're just like, write it, fold it, put it in an envelope, lick that envelope, write their address, because you know their address. I don't know anybody's address now. And stamp, mail, mailman picks it up, deliver two days later, guy opens, you know, your friend opens it up. Hey, what's up? <laughs> right, lick the stamp, letter. They know their address too, also impressive. Stamp, mail, two days later. Okay, what's, nothing. <laughs> Could you imagine, we, we had so much patience was just built in to our lives back then. And now it's immediate. And so today there, there's not nearly as much patience built into our world, but it is still needed and required of us to do this. So. There's that. Now, the next verse is the, in this passage sort of sums up what this all looks like. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So we gotta make allowance for each other's faults. Everyone has faults. No one is perfect, even us guys, okay? Guys, listen, we have faults, okay? Sometimes we're just, we're too loving, okay? Sometimes we're, we're too thoughtful, okay? Um, 
we clean the house too well, okay? I get it. Like, we have faults. Other people, not us, but other people might have other faults like tempers. Uh, other people might lie. Other people might manipulate. You know, we, there's these faults. People don't listen. All of these things. And so we have these faults. And this verse is saying, make allowance for each other's faults. Because why? Because others are making allowance for your faults. They put up with you, so you better put up with them. And I know, wives, you're probably going, uh, Joe, my husband has used up his allowance today. He spent it all. He spent it all, okay? And I get that, and I get that. But for every fault you make allowance for, everything you let slide, there are people in your life who are also making allowance for your faults. And we don't see our faults well. We don't see them well. We, we see other people's faults well. That's why Jesus said, hey, don't judge somebody for the speck in their eye because you've got a log in your eye and you can't see it. So we have to make allowances for other people's faults. Then we forgive anyone who offends us. If there was ever a verse more for today, it was forgive offenses. Jesus said it. He knew that it was going to be like this. He said it in Luke 17. Offense will certainly come. They're going to come. They're going to come from your spouse. They're going to come from your boss. They're going to come from your kids. They're going to come from an in-law. They're going to come from a politician. We get offended by everybody. We get offended by people who are e just too easily offended. That's how, that, it's just this crazy life cycle. But we need to forgive the offenses that come because they most certainly are going to come. Don't live offended. It's, it's not a good way to live your life. Jesus is saying, forgive Anyone who offends you because it's a better way to live. It's not helping you to hold on to the offenses. In fact, it's hurting you. It, it can hurt your other relationships. It's affecting your mindset. It's affecting your attitude. Forgive the offense. And we go, why should I forgive? The scripture makes it so clear. Because Jesus forgave. Because for everything that we've done wrong, Jesus came down to earth, died on a cross to forgive us for our offenses. And so how dare we not forgive these small offenses in our life when Jesus has forgiven every offense that ha we have done, are doing, or will do. The last verse, it kind of wraps it all up. In Colossians 3, 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Paul, Paul says this in another, in 1 Corinthians, let all that you are doing, let it all be done in love. So we're back here at the beginning. Love God, Love people. Everything you do, let it be done in love. So the question that we need to be asking is what am I doing today and how can I do it in love? Well, I'm, I'm going to work today. I got a job, I got I to travel, I got to do this, I, gotta, you know, I got all these things to do at my job. How can you do it in love? I got to stay home, I got to watch kids, I got to clean the house. How, how can I do it in love? Oh, I got to coach softball, and those seven-year-olds cannot hit the ball to save their life. I'm going to get frustrated at it. How can you do that in love? I got I to gotta take care of my parents, my aging parents, and, and that their health is going downward, and it's just stressing me out, and I'm stuck at home with them. How can you do that in love? I'm babysitting grandkids, whatever it is. Ask the question, how can I do this in love? When I first started full-time ministry, uh, I was at the age of 20, really young, and I, I was just the youth worship pastor kid. I wasn't even the pastor. I was just the youth worship guy back there, and I probably wasn't even doing a great job at that. But part of our job responsibility was 
doing hospital visits. And at 20, and just being kind of over there, that was a very daunting task to me because I, I didn't know a lot of members that were in our adult services. I was kind of just, just a little, I felt very young and inadequate to do those things. And everybody has a part of their job where they're just like, I like this part of my job and this part of my job, but this part, this is why they call it work, okay? And, and for me, the hospital visits, it was the thing I didn't like to do, but I had to do it, and that was kind of the work part of my job. And there was this one hospital visit or hospice call that we got that Amanda and I were supposed to go do it. And they asked, hey, will you bring your guitar and would you sing some songs for this, this member? And his name was George and, and he was a member for a really long time and his health had declined super fast and he was in hospice at this moment. And so me and Amanda, we go into his room and we start to sing a song. And this song is one of my favorite worship songs uh, about heaven, and, it's, and it sings exactly about what heaven is going to be like. And we're singing it to this, this older gentleman who is nearing his last breaths. And it goes, no weeping, no hurt or pain, no suffering, you hold me now, you hold me now. No darkness, no sick or lame, no hiding, you hold me now, you hold me now. I sing this song, and me and Amanda sing this song over George. And it starts to dawn on me that this is probably the last moment, or at least the last time he's going to get led in worship before he gets led in worship in heaven. It's his last, last moment where he's going to experience this, this here on earth. And all of a sudden, for me, what it did for me was what was work, what was difficult for me, became an act of love just for another person. It's not work if I'm loving on another person in this moment. It wasn't just a hospital visit done for work. It was a hospital visit done in love. So every day... I get dressed because I need to remember how I treat people matters. It's the, one of the most important things. It's the, the second but equally important commandment to loving God is loving people. And it starts with you, not the other people around you. Because you can't control how the people around you are going to treat you. You can't wait to be in an area or the bubble where everybody's gonna treat you kindly or with patience or with gentleness and say, now I will treat people that way. That's not what it, it, it says. It says, wear those things wherever you go. If you're wearing it, when you, whether you walk into school, whether you walk into your work, whether you walk out of your bedroom into your home, you're gonna be wearing these things. And it doesn't matter how the people around you are treating you, it's how you treat them that's the only thing you can tr control. And I love the end of this scripture because at the end it says, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. If you were to go, hey, Joe, uh, how's, how's life at home? The words perfect and harmony would not be something I would use to describe that. I, I would love to be able to describe my home life as perfect in perfect harmony, even if I didn't have to use the word perfect, if I could just use the word harmony to somehow describe my family, that would be great. And this is how we get there. 
It, it looks like perfect harmony looks like at your job. If you wear these things, it looks like, okay, now there's less drama. Now I'm not involved in the drama. I'm, I'm not involved in the gossip. Now at home, it means there's a little less chaos and, and people are getting along a little bit better. It looks like better, more rewarding friendships. It looks like a better, closer marriage because we are wearing these things. And the truth is, no one will get to the end of their life and say, I wish I was meaner. You won't. You won't get to the end of your life and say, I wish I treated more people poorly. I, I wish I was angrier and more impatient in life. I think I, that would have made life go a lot better. No one is going to say that. So why live life like that now? There's no point. So what we have to do is choose today to start living a life differently. Living a life where we're getting dressed every day. We wear tenderhearted mercy. We put it on. We put on kindness. We put on humility. We put on gentleness, patience. We make allowance for other people's faults because they're doing that for us. And we forgive anyone who offends us and we love and everything that we do, we do it in love. And that's a lot. And it reminds me of that Friends episode. The, 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 the episode was titled, The One Where No One Is Ready. And Joey and Chandler are having an argument because Joey won't get ready. And so Joey goes into the other room and then he comes in and he's wearing every single one of Chandler's clothes. I don't know, he walks in like this because he's got all of Chandler's clothes. And he says this one line that I'll never forget. He goes, he goes look, I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? That's us. That's, it's a lot, but... We need to make sure we're wearing every single layer of this. We're not forgetting any one of these things. Because if you wear all of it, all of the things, everything, you put it on every day before you go out into the world, you're going to treat people better. And when you wear all of those things, it's going to look real good on you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. Thank you, God, that you gave us some clothes to put on. God, help us to remember to wear those things. God, we're, we're good at getting dressed in the physical Help us to be able to be able to get dressed in the spiritual, to remember that how we treat other people matters, that it's important for us to show kindness and humility and tenderhearted mercy and all of these things, God. I pray, Lord, that you just go with us and be with us. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Hey, happy 4th of July. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not yet made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've made mistakes and I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. Come and be the Lord of my life and lead me from this day forward. Thank you for giving me a home forever in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
If you just prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited. Welcome to the family of God. We would love to invite you to text 94,000 with the word heaven. And this will put you in touch with one of our pastors and we can celebrate with you and answer any questions you might have. Also, if you're in need of prayer about anything, you can submit your prayer requests to us by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your requests and immediately start covering you in prayer. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or you just want to learn more about one of the ministries, text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can call us at any time at 970-245-PRAY with any questions you might have. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week either online or in person.